to me, making sales social really means approaching sales in a way that is modern and doesn't look at selling as those kind of sleazy salesmen that we sometimes think about when it comes to a car dealership, but really approaching it from an angle of being authentic, being very genuine, and really looking at sales in a way to build deeper relationships and serve your audience rather than just try and make a quick buck here and there. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. My guest for this episode of Making Sales Social is Emma Tesler, founder and CEO of 95 Media, a woman-run digital marketing agency that builds results-driven digital marketing strategies for scaling brands. She and her team help their clients connect with their ideal clients, build community, and convert audience members into those loving, loving, loving paying clients. After her first exposure to the world of digital in 2015, rather, Emma identified that social media platforms were the future of marketing and the key to scaling a business in today's world. Emma and her team have worked with over 100 clients in more than 25 industries, helping them monetize their online presence and see some pretty incredible results. Emma is a podcaster too, so 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 she lives in front of the uh, mic like I do, and uh, her show is called Stop Scrolling, Start Scaling. Love the title. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform. So Emma, welcome to Making Sales Social. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Happy to have you as well. So our first traditional question is, what does making sales social mean to you? Such a great question. I think to me, making sales social really means approaching sales in a way that is modern and doesn't look at selling as those kind of sleazy salesmen that we sometimes think about when it comes to a car dealership, but really approaching it from an angle of being authentic, being very genuine, and really looking at sales in a way to build deeper relationships and serve your audience rather than just try and make a quick buck here and there. That is the perfect, I think, um, definition of social selling, especially when it comes to the authenticity part. Lord knows we've been having plenty of conversations in various uh, various areas about people who are still inauthentic on social. And I mean, you can't be inauthentic anymore, period, just because it just doesn't fly. But especially on social, people have so many complaints about it. So I'm glad it's just excellent to see that you just, you, you have that instant grasp of it. Definitely. So let's go back to 2015. Remember back then when you, uh, when, when you discovered that social media was the future of marketing, I'm just curious as, as someone who's been in marketing, like, like myself, marketing and sales for many years before 2015, I'm, I'm just curious, what was it that made you think that at that point? So 2015 was really my first exposure to the world of digital marketing. Um, it 
obviously existed far before then, but mm -hmm. that was really the point where I was working on an internship. The person I was working for wanted to grow her brand on Instagram, never had done it, never saw anyone do it, was just kind of like, I think this could be something. And since I was the youngest person on their team, she just kind of handed me her phone and she was like, go ahead and figure this out. And I was, I was in school for interior design. That's what I was going to college for. I had zero background in marketing. I knew nothing and really just kind of learned it by fire. But when I was exploring and learning this new industry that was really up and coming, especially in the really, I focus on the social media part of digital marketing. And so the social media platforms, there was not a lot of brands that were marketing themselves on Instagram back in 2015. And if they were, it was just kind of like a little dabble here, there, it wasn't really taken that seriously, but I looked at it and I just really saw the potential. And it was shocking to me that some brands weren't seeing that and that this really wasn't being capitalized on yet. And now, of course, fast forward less than 10 years later and the landscape looks very different, but it was a really exciting time for me back in 2015 because whenever you see something up and coming, it just kind of lights this fire in you and, and it gets exciting. It's kind of like looking at TikTok in 2020, you could see that there was a lot of potential with that platform. Not everyone knew what to do with it. And here we are two, three years later and saying, well, oh my gosh, I wish I had gotten on the platform two years ago when it was really starting. And so I think it's just really great to be able to identify potential and to tap into that as soon as you can as a brand. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then also monitor our, you know, at least keep keep abreast of changes too. I mean, because, you know, you, you take TikTok, TikTok as a prime example. I mean, TikTok back in 2020 was about, you know, Gen Zers dancing and, and stuff like that. Nowadays, it's, it's much different. There's, there's so much more varied content on there. You can get a lot of education off of it and things like that. And I imagine that, you know, even though you got into marketing in 20, 2015, a lot of things have changed even since then, correct? Oh my gosh, they change every single week, much less every year. <laughs> Always something new. <laughs> like what, for example? Well, I think if we look at TikTok, it's a prime example of one app changed the landscape of marketing on every other platform. And that was really the first time that we saw such a massive change in the way we approach marketing and in the type of content we need to create. And what I'm talking about is that TikTok forced us all to adapt to video content and it made such a splash and drove such numbers on their own platform that every other app took note of that and changed the way that they then push content the way they you know articulate their algorithm and what they want consumers to be looking at and we could say well you know i i look at instagram just for photos but instagram doesn't care instagram wants right. you you know consuming video on that platform we've seen yeah, Facebook rollout reels. We've seen YouTube now has shorts. You can post video to LinkedIn as well. And it TikTok alone made one of the biggest impacts on social media, and it still is constantly changing. But I would say the landscape of digital marketing, when you look at social media specifically, has changed more over the past three years than it did five years prior because of that one change in content. Yeah, that's just amazing, which actually gets into our next topic about what's working today. So um, 
So you spelled out some things that are, you know, that that you're seeing bringing in positive results for your clients, as well as trends, hello, TikTok, that are seeing success out there. So we started just a little bit talking about short form video, and this is specifically short form stuff. So, you know, like Facebook Reels, uh, IG Reels, or as us old people call it, Instagram Reels, uh, you know, TikTok, and then even LinkedIn posts. While they had LinkedIn had stories, but got rid of stories. I really don't. I don't know why they got rid of them either. I was excited for them to like really take off, but they get rid of them very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was literally like a couple of weeks. It's like it's here and then, oh, geez, it's gone. But um, the good news is you can you can still do that type of format within LinkedIn posts. And quite frankly, short form, I think, works better in LinkedIn posts anyhow, rather than longer stuff. So it's probably it didn't end up being a bad thing. But um but uh, what trends are you seeing in that, that, um, you know, especially this audience of, of sales and marketing of, you know, like B2B, especially the B2B or the professional B2C component of people who are in like financial services and banking and mortgages and things like that, because you ain't going to see them dancing. No, you're not. <laughs> well, and I think there's this misconception when it comes to video by so many people that it's unprofessional and there's only ways to do video in an unprofessional quote unquote way. Meanwhile, there is a very professional way. And I've seen so many brands do this to make a dancing video. Not that everyone needs to do it, but like there are ways to do it. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of other options where you can show up, you know, in your blazer, you can show up really professionally while still providing value to your audience. And so what I would say the biggest trend is, is truly video. And if your content strategy is not video first, it's time to reevaluate because if you are, and I see this so often with your more traditional businesses like finance or loans or lawyers, um, a lot of the times your feed is filled with these graphics, their educational graphics, or their, you know, three ways to do this, or the number one reason to hire us is your lawyer. And the, the graphic approach is not dead, but it should not be the only type of content you are creating, in my opinion. Based on what we're seeing and based on what we know on every platform, video is getting pushed out more. So what I challenge you to do is look at how can I turn that graphic into a short form video? It can still be the same information if that content is really important to your audience, However, turn it into a video. You can get on video. You can say, hey, here are the three reasons why um, you need a, a divorce lawyer in particular to draft up your prenup instead of like, you know, someone who can sell your house for you and like draft those papers, right? So whatever kind of content you're creating, you can always turn that into video. And I would recommend that over 50% of your content actually be video today. So that means if you're posting four times a week, two posts should be video or more. If you're posting five times a week, three posts should be video and really looking at it at that. And I guarantee you that you will see a huge spike in your brand reach and your engagements after just a month of doing that. Yeah. So I think you gave a bunch of people heart attacks at this point. I just <laughs> want to be honest with you. But, um, and this is something that I was going to talk about a little later, but I think it's actually a good time to, to bring it up right now because, um, because if you're doing this amount, I mean, you have to be consistent. You have to have 
a process behind it. And you have a complimentary course called Master Your Marketing Course. That's all one word, masteryourmarketingcourse.co. And I think that that probably really plugs in here because, because you put kind of a, a system around it. Because if you don't have a system around this type of thing, you're just not going to make it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that course is really great. There's actually a whole module just about video content. So if you've never really dived into video, that's a great place to start. But I definitely would say working with a partner, working with someone who is very in tune with social, if you are not, is only going to benefit you because a lot of people, a lot of business owners, you know, or even just kind of like sales reps, social media isn't your thing. And it's totally fine that social media isn't your thing just work with someone who can provide you with support around that because truly creating those ideas and then executing it is the hardest part. And so, for example, when we work with clients in our social media management service, we come up with the concept, we come up with the idea, we know the audio we're going to use, tell you what you know you need to film, send us back the raw file, and literally all you need to do is basically show up as the talent, I like to, to say, and yep. you are in the video if you're the face of your brand. Now it gets a little different if you're not the face of your brand, it's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to get a little more creative with that, which some people don't always think about. So for example, if you want to take a graphic post, that's maybe three reasons why you need a, a divorce lawyer, for example, then you could turn that into different like moving elements in a video. You can work on it, create it in Canva. Um, Canva is an amazing tool to create graphics if yep. you don't use it already. And you can produce a video that doesn't have your face in it too. So I might say 50% of your content needs to be video, but do you, does your, do you, does your face need to be in all the content? No, it does not. Okay, good. So let's go to the next point that, that that you made on on your site, and that's called the creator economy. But I want to kind of adjust that a little bit to our audience because it's really when when we're talking about social selling and using it in in sales, and this is where marketing comes in as as support too. Your relationship with your audience it's what's important. So you know we should really be nurturing that more rather than just you know going for the cheap likes and going for um you know increasing follower count while increasing follower count isn't a bad thing obviously you're not doing content just to get those counts up and to get likes up and, and things like that how do you see that coming back to sales and social selling looking to up your linkedin game the social sales link team has you covered with our linkedin sales accelerator a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Well, at the end of the day, what you're looking for are conversion metrics. And so you touched on a great point. To create content just for likes means nothing. What you're really looking for are conversions. You're looking for website clicks. You're looking for sales at the end of the day. And so rather than creating content, posting and ghosting, just hopping off the platform after a post is up, building that relationship with your audience is incredibly important. And so in order to do that, what you really need to focus on is your engagement with your audience. So what engagement looks like, and it's really just sales on social media, is you are actively in your account, you're finding your target audience, you're commenting thoughtful comments, not just, wow, gorgeous photo <laughs> on their post, and you're replying to their stories, you're, you know, you're starting conversations and DMs as well. However, we need to be really cognizant of not being 
not doing the cold pitch because consumers have become extremely aware. Everyone knows when we're being cold pitched on social these days. Those tactics work back in like 2018, 2019, and they do not work today. So what I would recommend is just like you would in a conversation that where you're trying to learn more about someone, maybe you're at a networking event or you're just at a coffee shop and you're chatting up the person next to you, try and find something that you have in common or something that you can compliment them on and begin the conversation there. It sounds so simple, but oftentimes we forget that conversations on social media are really conversations with another person on the other side of the screen. And so when you are approaching social selling and creating content and converting that audience, you need to be having those conversations rather than just posting and hoping for the best. Emma, you're hired. I just want you to know that. I mean, seriously, Amazing. that's 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 exactly what we talk about all the time is is engaging in in meaningful uh, conversations, adding value all the time, helping people out. I mean, one of the phrases that I always use is stop talking about how you help people and just help people. Mm. That's exactly the type of thing that that we do here. And I'm and I'm so glad to hear you. Um, echo those thoughts as well, even though you didn't know you're echoing them, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so next thing, let's talk about carousel posts really quick, especially on what we talk about LinkedIn, which, you know, it LinkedIn supports carousels, but they used to like feature prominently. Now you can only do it on mobile and it's their templates and things like that. The one thing that I do urge you to do though, is go to Emma's activity. So Emma Tesler, T-E-S-S-L-E-R, look at some of her activity, look at some of the actual posts that she did. She's um, her and her team have taken single graphics and have kind of taken and have kind of built them into uh, quasi carousels, basically several graphics, all with the same look when you click in on them, they act like a carousel. So what is important in putting together a carousel like that in terms of the content, as opposed to the tech stuff? I, I think uploading and things like that is pretty easy. Let's just uh, let's talk more about the content. Definitely. Yeah. So the reason that we create content like that today is because a couple of years ago, everyone was reading long captions. And when you think about how can I provide value in a post, a couple of years ago, you would do that in a caption and you would, you know, kind of have your hook, you would have the body, you'd have a conclusion, you'd have a CTA. And it was all in this very long caption, whether that was on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, wherever you were posting. Today, if you're posting a long caption, no one is reading that. And so if you want to provide actual value, it's way better to do it in either a graphic where you have everything on one slide, a video where it is keeping your consumer actively watching the whole video or a carousel. And I prefer when we're not doing a video, I prefer to do a carousel. And there's a big reason why that a lot of people don't think. When you're looking at a carousel post as the consumer, say I'm I'm consuming a carousel post on LinkedIn. So I'm looking at a multi-photo post on LinkedIn. I'm spending, if there's 10 slides, I'm spending 10 times the amount of time consuming that content than I would a single photo. And what that tells the algorithm is that I am extremely interested in that content. And because I have to swipe through each post, each photo to consume all of the content, I'm sitting on that way longer. That's the same thing on Instagram, tells the algorithm the exact same thing, tells the algorithm the same thing on Facebook as well. And so when you consider how can I make my 
audience spend more time on my content in order for the algorithm to know they want to consume my future content carousels are a really really strategic way to do that and then for for those of you who are like do you know what about uploaded documents that's in into pdfs that's definitely another way to to kind of mimic that carousel feel too and in fact Sometimes people even even do like um, graphics that that go from one page to the next that just make the flow look really seamless as you're going through it. Now, when you print it out or or if you're looking at it individually, if you download it in your PDF reader, it may look a little strange, but but the information's still there at least. But, you know, just having that kind of flow there is is really important, too. So speaking of like LinkedIn you actually address just the importance of LinkedIn, which I love. And um, so I, I have a feeling just from our conversation already, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but just any general thoughts about LinkedIn from, from your perspective? I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. I have tried to get everyone I know on LinkedIn for 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And very few people have listened to me because I am, you know, a very young millennial and a lot of people my age just don't really look at LinkedIn as the, you know, important platform. And I love that you know, older millennial and beyond are really looking at LinkedIn as a very viable platform. And I, you know, it changes depending on the industry you're in as well. But LinkedIn is truly a huge asset and an incredible way to build connection with potential buyers, with your current clients, with people who may not know you, or even your own network who may have forgotten about you in the past, but want to reconnect or have an opportunity to work together in the future. So I strongly believe if you're creating content for a business, have a LinkedIn business page, but also repurpose the content you're posting to that page on your personal page. Because that step where we're like, oh, well, you know, it's just me, you know, I'm not the brand. But at the end of the day, your personal profile is going to always get more traction than a business page on LinkedIn. And although you won't have the analytics to really track that traction on a personal page as you do in your business page, it's still getting in front of people. It's still get driving engagements. And if someone sees that content, they're going to be resonating with your brand and it can ultimately drive brand traction for you too. And so I would encourage you to really get active and strategic on LinkedIn. Um, if you're creating content for other platforms, start by just repurposing content onto LinkedIn. That's primarily what we do at 95 Media, you know, the carousel mm -hmm. posts we were just talking about. We really create them for Instagram and then we bring them over and repurpose them on LinkedIn and they work on both platforms. And so don't look at LinkedIn as like, oh, I have to create all this unique content just for LinkedIn. Yeah, you might want to. And there's certain features like polls, which are really, really great tools on LinkedIn that you don't have on other platforms. But if you're just trying to get started, drive that traction by repurposing content from other platforms. Yep, absolutely. And again, Emma, you're hired. And besides that, um, the 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 other thing is that um, when it comes to other platforms, one of the things that I suggest people do is that they have the URL for their LinkedIn profile on all of the other platforms, because most of the platform, or all of them, I, I can't think of any that, that, that don't right now, have um, a place where you can put a hyperlink to something somewhere else push people to your LinkedIn profile. That's important because they then get exposure to you and hopefully you have the profile done like how we teach it, which is a value added profile. And that's many other shows. You can look up many other shows where we talk about the importance of the profile. The other important thing though, is that once they hit your profile, they show up at who's viewed your profile. So you can actually see who's visiting you as opposed to, um, 
on on the other platforms, which most of the time you can't see. TikTok has kind of implemented something like that now, but both people have to agree and it's a little gets a little convoluted. But you know, that's just one way to actually take advantage of other social platforms so that so that you, they can push through to LinkedIn and you could see just who the heck people are. I love it. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So um just when it comes to just salespeople and sales teams and, and things like that, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see them making out there? So we work with companies who have sales teams and our biggest struggle has always been that they don't always, and you might resonate with this as a listener, but you look at yourself as the sales rep rather than someone who truly embodies the company and wants to share the content of the company in two. And so what I mean by that is if you are representing the company, I would highly encourage that you work with your marketing team so that you can repost content that the brand is posting, even if that just means sharing the posts consistently from the brand page on LinkedIn. I would work on creating a consistent brand voice that represents not only you, but also the brand. So if you're, say we're looking at LinkedIn specifically, you're sharing the content to the business from the business page to your personal page. And then you're also sharing content about you and about your consumer. So what I mean by that, you are the salesperson, you are the person going and making the sales in person or via Zoom or however you're doing it, right? Why would somebody be picking you to give their business to rather than someone else? At the end of the day, when we look at sales calls, we're always trying to build that personal connection. We're trying to build um, relatability with other people. And so when you approach your content from a lens of how can I be relatable? How can I be approachable and genuine in my content the same way that I am on a sales call or in, at a lunch or a dinner, that's going to start generating more interest in your content and more comments that are saying, oh, you know, I do the same thing or that's so cool. I wish I was a part of it. And on the flip side of that, you also want to be sharing the success of your clients too. And that's a big one we mm -hmm. tend to forget, you know, share the success. We call it user-generated content in our world. It's UGC. And when you share user-generated content, that could just be, you know, someone sending you, say you sell, you know, ink for printers. That's just a really basic example, but say someone sends you a review or a photo of their, of their printer and it's, you know, 10 times better than it used to be with their old provider share that because that's going to allow your consumer to relate to that content to say wow i'm going through the same thing i need my con my printer or whatever it might be to be 10 times better and by feeling that relatability with the content they're then going to know that you obviously can then be the solution to that problem okay very good very good so let's kind of gonna kind of continue that feeling a little bit there so we all love those one thing you can do right now takeaways kind of thing, you know, kind of clickbaity. If, if you want to put it like that, I don't know what, but what is the one thing that salespeople and sales organizations can do right now to improve their marketing, like in that social selling kind of way? Just, just the one quick thing. I'm going to say what you don't want to hear and it's video. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, I love hearing that. They don't want to hear that probably, but yeah, they video. Don't hear but it's totally fine because as a salesperson, you're a personable person. You know it. You're a personal person. You get out there. You can build relationships easily. I think everyone just needs to focus on 
emulating that characteristic in their video. We all get clammy. We all hate video in the beginning. So what I would recommend is, you know, film something four times before you publish it if it's new to you. But just get started because the longer you put it off, the more your competition is going to be doing it before you and you're going to be left behind. So I would say get started with your video, create your plan for yourself, look at master your marketing if you need some tools to get started, but really just get started this month. Just kick off. <laughs> Just, just do it as, yeah. as, as a very popular company says. So um, if people want to learn more about you and your offerings, Emma, where can they go? Absolutely. So I am most active on Instagram. So we are 90.5.media on Instagram. Our website is 95media.co. Um, as you mentioned, we have our podcast where I share a lot of really great marketing tips. Stop scrolling, start scaling podcast and master your marketing course. Um, is really just the place to start in in my opinion. And then you can kind of branch out from there as well. Wow. This was, this was fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Emma. really, really appreciate you coming and, and, and speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Sure. Emma Tesla, digital marketing extraordinaire. Thanks again. And thank you for streaming this episode of making sales social. So remember when you're out and about this week, be sure to make your sales social. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.